0: Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26. You can find it in your few Bibles on page 1509, 1509. Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26. While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. Thus ends our reading of God's inerrant word. May all who hear it find that they are lifted up by the touch of Christ. All good fathers want what is best for their daughters. This means providing them with a a healthy environment when they are young so that they may flourish. But it also means preparing them as they get older with a sense of self-worth, self-worth and, and the tools that they will need as they, so that they may thrive in the world that we live in. And our reading for today, we come across a tragic tale of two dogs, where, where the best intentions of their earthly fathers wasn't enough. But before we jump in, let's, let's look back and see where we've been. As you know, we've been been going through uh, the Gospel of Matthew, doing a verse-by-verse study. And and we've been going through this section of of Matthew's writing that that focuses on the healing ministry of Jesus. And we've we've seen this theme emerge from the text of Christ's authority throughout these stories that we've read, most notably in in the healing of the paralytic there jesus donned the title for himself of the son of man claiming to have authority on earth to forgive sins shortly after matthew directs us to the time when jesus sat at matthew's table eating with tax collectors and other notorious sinners when his disciples were questioned by the pharisees as to why he was doing this jesus told them plainly it doesn't have to help you, you need a doctor but the sick and then last week we saw that it, that, that it wasn't only the Pharisees that didn't agree with Jesus's eating habits as the as disciples of John questioned him about fasting. Theirs was a theological concern as they had yet to understand that the, that the Kingdom of God had, was already upon them. The time for, for fasting had passed and now it was a time to celebrate. The bridegroom had arrived. Sinners were repenting and the son of man was offering forgiveness. And now today we see this same bridegroom, this, this messianic king who, who wields ultimate authority, continued to demonstrate to us his mighty goodness by performing two miracles for two daughters. Let's look at our first verse. While he was saying, this, a a ruler came and and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. No sooner had Jesus finished correcting John's disciples by speaking of merriment, and rejoicing in this new kingdom when this ruler comes around coming to Jesus with tragic tragic news this man's daughter was dead now if there's ever a time for mourning and for fasting this was it and yet this this desperate man did not lose hope he came to Jesus believing that he could bring his daughter back to life. Who is this ruler? Well, he was one of the overseers of a local synagogue. He he would have been a prominent man in that community. Someone who had great honor. Someone whom the people listened to. But but what did he do when, when he approached Jesus? The text says that he knelt before him. Whether this was out of respect or out of his own desperation, this man understood that that Jesus held an authority that was was greater than his own. What we see in this man is is a recognition of both who Jesus is and what he can do. In other words, this man had great faith. How about you? What is it that you believe concerning Christ? Who is He? What is He capable of? But notice what this synagogue ruler asked Jesus to do. He wanted Him to touch his dead daughter. Numbers 19, verse 11 states this: Whoever touches the dead body of anyone will be unclean for seven days. Being a ruler of the synagogue, this man had to have known what he was asking of Jesus. That, that, that verse from Numbers that we just read was, was common knowledge to most Jews and it, and it certainly was to him. So when, so when he made this request, he knew that he was asking a lot from Jesus. But he did it anyways. You see, see, news about Jesus had spread throughout the region and most likely this man knew about how in the past Jesus had hurdled such obstacles like this, like when he touched that leper and made him clean. This man believed that that the touch of our Lord would would be able to make the dead live again. And in response to such faith, Christ went with this man in order to his daughter. But before they got there, they were, they were interrupted by the most unlikely of characters. Look at verse twenty. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Now the information we have about this woman is very little. Just that she has been she had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. In all likelihood, this she had been bleeding menstrually since the day that she had gone through puberty and had become a woman. And being a Jew, there were consequences to her condition. Look at Leviticus 15, verses 25 and 27. When a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time other than her monthly period or has a discharge that continues beyond her period she will be unclean as long as she has a discharge just as in the days of her period any bed she lies on while her discharge continues will be unclean as is her bed during her monthly period and anything she sits on will be unclean as during her period whoever touches them will be unclean He must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will be unclean till evening. Think about what that meant for this unfortunate woman. Right at the the prime of her life, at the time when she would have gotten married and had children, all of that was cut off from her considered unclean for 12 years was like having every door of possibility slammed in your face. Instead of experiencing honor and, and, and blessings like her peers those who got married, she became destitute and desperate. But she too heard of this Jesus, how he could heal the sick and make the unclean clean again. However, in her, in her shame, she was afraid to approach him. And so she, she concocted this plan in her mind of, of, of just touching the edge of his, of his cloak, thinking that even the smallest of touches would be enough to bring her healing. Now this word that the NIV translates as edges, crest of you. I like saying that word, kraspidu. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What means, it, it actually means tassel. For, for the common dress of a, of a Jewish man uh, who, who wore a cloak, uh, their cloaks would have these four tassels. Look at, look at Numbers 15 verses 37 and 41. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember all the commandments of the Lord that you may obey them and not prostitute yourself by going after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes. Then you will remember to obey all my commands and will be consecrated to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God." What what you see going on here is that this woman was just going to to try to graze the the tassels that were hanging down from Jesus' cloak, thinking that 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 would be enough to make her well. She wanted to try as, as best as she could to not defile this man while at the same time receiving her healing. Now picture this woman as she's trying to trying to work her way through the crowd without touching anyone. Lest she make them unclean as well. And now now imagine that that she had finally caught up to Jesus and she was finally in that position to, to to reach out. And 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 think about the care that she would have had to have taken just just to make sure that it was only the the slightest touch on the tassel of his cloak that, that, that she would that she would touch i mean this whole ordeal had to be intense and, and stressful for this woman you see her 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 hope was that she wouldn't be observed that she would just take her healing and then quietly move out of the way but that's not what happened for Jesus this this man who knows the hearts of men took notice look at verse 22 Jesus turned and, and saw her take heart daughter he said your faith has healed you and the woman was healed from that moment take heart daughter This woman who had been shunned for 12 years, this untouchable, who who lived in exile, who had to experience shame, was now being addressed by the king. And, And the words that he spoke to her must have tasted like cool water on a parched tongue. Take heart be of good courage in other words don't be afraid don't be ashamed the 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 people of this town they they may look down on you but I don't the the rest of the world may have forgotten about you but I haven't But Jesus didn't just say, take heart, but he also addressed her with the title of daughter. Now, it's it's no coincidence that, that as Jesus was on his way to help the daughter of this prominent man, that he calls this least prominent woman, daughter. Not only does he encourage her, but he brings dignity back to her as well. And what were the last words that Christ says to this woman? Your faith has healed you. Just as, as this ruler demonstrated faith in, in both who Jesus is and, and what he can do, so too this, this daughter had great faith. Perhaps you are here today and you feel shame about who you are. You think that you are unworthy of of love and affection or respect and honor. Maybe you are looked down upon because of something you did or because of something that was done to you. Jesus can bring healing to your pain. He can restore to you your dignity. He he can give you back that self-worth that that comes from being an image-bearer of God. Do you believe He can do this? That by a, a single touch, He can remove all that makes you unworthy and unwanted. That He will call you daughter. That He will call you son. But our story is far from over as as there is still this matter of a dead girl. Look at verse 23. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, Go away! The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. As Jody was explaining earlier, this this noisy crowd is actually the common practice for mourning the dead in the first century when when we go to a funeral today the the mood is often somber and quiet but that's not the case in many cultures for some death in all its finality demands loud cries of anguish and despair And and in the Jewish culture of Jesus' day this actually became a confession. Folks would hire flute players and, and wailing women to, to mourn their dead. The fact that this family had already hired these people speaks to the deadness of this daughter. She was gone, kaput. She had breathed her last. But Jesus seemed to be of a different opinion. He told the mourners to go away the girl is not dead but asleep now suppose someone did this today imagine if if a person went into a funeral home and told everybody there just just wipe those tears away and go home what would the reaction be to something like that and this is basically what Jesus did. he he was rejecting the social norm of his day and this notion that death is final what did he say the girl is not dead but asleep by using the term sleep he was correcting this misnomer that death is final this this same terminology was picked up by the apostle paul look at Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. As you can see, Paul refers to the dead as those who are sleeping. But this isn't just a New Testament concept. Look at Look at Daniel chapter twelve, verse two. Multitudes who who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Death is not final. It is not the end. Those who look to Christ. Those who, who trust in him and in the forgiveness that he offers through his death on the cross. And, and, and in the hope that he brings through his resurrection. Those who have repented of their sins and believe in this Jesus. They can look death in the face and know that it is not final. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death? is your sting. How about you? Do you have faith in this Christ, that he died for your sins and offers to you eternal life? Do you believe that he can do the things he says he can do? That when he utters these words, the girl is not dead, but asleep. Do you believe that he is speaking the truth? laugh at him. They, they mocked and they ridiculed him. This is the way of those who have no hope. You speak of the dead being raised and, and of eternal life and they will scorn your belief, calling you a fool for something worse. <laughs> Listen, there, there will always be those who ridicule the faith, those who, who make fun of the resurrection Christ does not concern himself with the opinions of men. Instead, he ignores their comments and goes to the sleeping daughter. Look at verse 25. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. Once again, we see Christ touching that which should make him unclean. Now Jesus didn't have to do it this way. When he, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he only used his voice. He spoke, Lazarus, come forth. But Jesus chose to work through the means that this father had faith in. And instead of Christ being defiled by the dead, the dead was raised to new life. This daughter was given back to her parents, demonstrating that Jesus is who he says he is. And who was that? Look at John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Two different dogs with two different problems. The first had lost her dignity. She was an outcast and untouchable. The, the, The second had lost her life. She was dead and considered gone forever. And yet by the touch of Jesus, he restored to the one her self-worth and to to the other her very life. Dear friends, this is what Christ has done for you as well. Though you are sinful and deserving of dishonor and disgrace, Jesus took your shame upon himself as he went to the cross, bleeding for all of your transgressions. He then rose from the dead, being the first fruit of all who shall be raised, bringing to you the promise of everlasting life. Trust in this one who can bring honor to those who have none. Believe in this son of man who has the power to raise the dead, and then go and, and spread this news to others so that they too may receive their dignity from Christ and the gift of his resurrection let us pray father we confess to you that we are we are like these two daughters our sins have have brought us both disgrace and death we deserve to be to be put on that cross not dying a a shameful shameful death And yet you sent your Son to to go in our stead. He has touched us and and, and removed the penalty of our sins. We ask now that, that, that that you would restore us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.